Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Jeff, DW, this is the show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. Dave, so good to be with you again this week, and I'm really looking forward to tonight's conversation with you. Oh, I am too. I think God's brought us together, and we get some good conversations going, and we try and figure out what God's doing and, and how we can help people. So that's a good thing. Yeah, and especially after last week's show, we've had some really good emails, some good interaction with people. And uh, of course, I was up at camp last week, so that was that was a whole lot of fun, a lot of interaction and different comments and and people that have experienced rejection in their life, we're going to kind of continue on this topic of rejection again this week. We had a great conversation last week. Of course, if you missed that show, it is available on the podcast. We'll post links under tonight's show notes for that show. Dave, one of the things that we didn't get to in last week's conversation was we use this illustration of turtles uh-huh. and talking about how when there's a situation where the turtle, painted turtles feel uncomfortable, that they, instead of facing their fear, they just pull in to their shell and they just go basically, you can't get at them, you can't hopefully harm them. Uh, I guess if you poke something in there, you could, but that's kind of their defense mechanism is they just withdraw and they go right into their shell and it's hard to get them back out and we don't really see much change until you see one turtle come out of its shell and and start to kind of signal that, okay, it might not be as bad as it was before, and so kind of the fear subsides. But for a time, I think people are like that too, where something happens and we just withdraw and we go into our shell and it's hard to get us back out of our shell sometimes. It is. You know, the passive mode is not something that will solve a problem. When you go into a passive mode, when, when you do that, you're letting somebody else control the situation. You're letting somebody else solve the problem. And so what you need to do and what I need to do is understand there are times where everybody feels rejected. There are times where we are rejected for for whatever reason. And one of the ways maybe is to go in the shell for a minute. But if you're going in your shell, go in there to think. Don't go in there to stay. Some people will go in there, think of a solution, come back out and do something or somebody's going to do something. And, and you're not going to be in charge of anything anymore because you've withdrawn like that. It's interesting. If you go into your shell, you get a chance to do something, though. You get a chance to live in a pretend world. Hmm. How weird is that, really, when you think about yeah. it? A pretend world. And, and, you know, some of us are very satisfied with a pretend world. We don't like the real world because the real world out there is kind of harsh and tough and honest in some ways. I mean, if you're, if you're working for somebody today and you grew up, let's say it's your first job and you grew up and, and the boss tells you, you know, I expect you here at eight in the morning and uh, you get this time for lunch, and you, you know. And so the first day you show up at nine o'clock because you're used to having, you know, people around you say, well, I understand. And you walk in, the boss says, I said eight. And you, and you say, yeah, well, I got busy doing this and this. and sorry, I'm late. And he goes, you're fired. That's like ultimate rejection right there almost. Yeah. The truth of the matter is that you say, man, this world's harsh. 
Now, you know what? The truth is, somebody said that's paying you, you need to be there at 8, and you need to be there at 8, they were expecting you. And it's not necessarily a rejection. You, you've kind of created this other pretend world of yours. And the pretend world isn't fitting into the real world. And so you have some issues that you have to deal with. I think, really, if we start looking at what's real and adjusting our lives to it, we're okay. The Bible tells us that the, the truth actually sets us free. It doesn't enslave us. And I would say the opposite. A pretend world makes you a slave. Mm. And it makes you a slave to your feelings. It makes you a slave to other people. It makes you a slave to you know emotions. It makes you a slave to things that all of a sudden uh, you feel like you can't do anything about. Have you ever, Jeff, talked to a young person and they say, well, I just can't do anything about this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what they've done is they've said, you know what? There's no way that I can change the situation I'm in. Well, there may be. But nobody will ever control the way you think. Nobody can do that. You give people permission for that. Um, I have said often, and I, I think we've said it on the show, there's no way that people can ever take your choice away from you. And it's important to understand. And when you go into a shell, when you go in there and just stay there, you know what you're doing is you're giving people a chance to actually control everything, and you've given them the opportunity that way. For example, some people say, well, I, I don't have a choice, and they'll give me some options. Well, no, you, you do. For example, let's say somebody came to me, put a gun to my head, and, and said, you know, either give me all your money or I'll shoot you. Well, it's not that I don't have a choice at this point. I can either give them my money or I can let them shoot me. Mm. I mean, that's my choice. I am not saying that all of our options are good. I'm just saying that the choice has not been taken from me. Yeah. And that's what we have to understand. Those who uh, put their heads and bodies within that shell and they're going to hide there, they think, I have no choice. This is the only way to get through mm-hmm. it. No, that, that isn't true. You do have choices. But what you're saying is I don't like any of the options that are out there. And so somebody else is going to end up picking your options. The way that we can help people come out, I think that we start talking truth to them. We, t- we talk about Jesus, actually. Do you, do you read the verse in the Bible that says where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Mm-hmm. No one comes to the Father except through me. I, I'm fascinated by that because Jesus doesn't say, I represent truth, I represent life. He says, I am the truth, hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. And, the, and the Bible tells us that the truth is what sets us free. Here's what I found at my age. My relationship with Jesus, and I have one, and my relationship with Jesus sets me free because I can understand life the way it was made. I can respond the way I'm supposed to. I am not surprised by sin. I'm not surprised by pain. I can understand what I need to do to go through these things and be victorious. And it comes because I've spent time getting to know who God is, knowing that he loves me, and I'm actually free. There are people that think I'm kind of a conservative old guy or whatever. Okay, you know what? I probably am. But in the same respect, I'm not, you know, thinking, oh, this is terrible that people think this of me. There are people who reject me. There are. Till this day, they rejected me when I was cut from that no-cut baseball team in our last program. And uh, they rejected me for other reasons. But the truth of the matter is I have choices within that rejection. I have choices. When, when I got cut from a no-cut baseball team, I had choices. Am I going to say, well, I am a bad person? Or am I willing to say at this moment, I stink at baseball. This is probably not my calling in life. And when I went through the second response, 
I was able to change the direction of what I did. And really, I started to get involved in other sports that I ended up being very good at. It just wasn't baseball. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't pursue baseball for all those years and have somebody lie to me yeah. and tell me I was a great player. I'm, I'm glad I found out early and I just went in another direction. Tonight on the show, we're going to continue on this conversation of working through rejection because every single one of us in some way has experienced rejection and its effects in our life. Some of it is good rejection, healthy rejection, like say you didn't make a football team or a sports team or that sort of thing, or I don't know, maybe a cribbage team. I guess that could be one of those, I don't know if there's cribbage teams out there. Or American Idol. Or American Idol. But, you know, we've all faced some kind of rejection. Some of it is healthy. Others are not good forms of rejection, but we all have faced it in our life. So we want to work through the difficulty as well. We also want to ask the question and answer the question, how to help others to come out of their shell. So those who have been rejected, maybe they, maybe you have a friend or someone that you know close to you who has felt rejected, isolated, alienated from a group. How do we work together to help bring that person back out of their shell and to help them to still grow through rejection? So we're going to talk about this. We'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. You can join in if you're on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. Join the HopeNet Radio tweet back and let us know your thoughts as we're going in the show tonight. You can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Also, tonight's show notes are available at hopenet360.com. So as we go in this show, our tweets, some of the comments, some of your thoughts, some questions we'll put into our show notes and you can go and check that out for yourself. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime you need to at HopeNet360.com. Jeff DW, your host on the show tonight. Thanks for joining us. We're continuing on in our conversation about rejection because this is a huge topic. We had a lot of great emails, a lot of tweets, a lot of conversation around this last week. How to help others to kind of get out of their shell. We talked about these turtles. And one of the things as a turtle, if you've ever watched a turtle kind of go into its shell and hide, how do you get that turtle to come back out of the shell? You can't try to pry it out because it won't come out for you that way. You can't sing to it necessarily. Sometimes singing to it maybe does help, but you're limited in how you can help that turtle to get out of its shell once it's in there because it's convinced that that is the safest place to live at that moment. And some people are very much like that in their own lives where they get trapped and thinking that I can never come out of my shell because if I do... I'm only going to end up back in there anyway. Someone's going to reject me. Someone's going to not like what I have to say or who I am as a person. And so I've got to just continually hide. And that's not healthy. We want to help you guys work through that. All right. Are you saying that people with personalities like introverts and and quieter people have a problem? Some people feel that way. I know I've questioned of, you know. But do they have a problem or is it just the way you feel? It's a good question. It's usually, I mean, it's usually how I feel. Yeah. You know what? I, I think we have to be helping people sort this one out a little bit because um, here's here's what I'm afraid people might be listening to. I think that people might be listening to the idea that if you're quieter and you're a little bit more reserved, that there's something wrong and you have to figure out how to, how to not do that. And that's not what we're saying. That has nothing to do with what we're saying. Hmm. There is a difference between feeling rejected and and having a personality where you're quieter. And there's nothing wrong with with being quieter and, and being more introverted and, or being more extroverted. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in general, 
that there are many introverts who might be listening to us who feel like there's something wrong with them because it seems like the extroverts always know what to say and they're out there doing the limbo and the, you know that kind of stuff and and they just don't feel like doing it and and when they do try and perform on those in those ways they don't do well because that's not who they are and so then the rejection actually be, becomes greater at that point so if you're trying to act like somebody you're not and you're lousy at that then all of a sudden you're more self-conscious than ever and and you feel more rejected because now you feel like oh my goodness my personality is so stinky you know that even when i try it becomes worse yeah and therefore i'm rejected 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 you know what i would encourage everyone to do relax and be who you are uh, if you're quiet, that does not make you um, somebody who can't be used of God well. In fact, somebody who is like myself, who's been operating in a ministry and, and been in charge, I actually intentionally uh, go out and hire people who are on the introverted side for certain jobs. And, and I love having them in the jobs where they excel. I also go out and find extreme extroverts for different jobs. You see, it's not the personality that's a problem. It's often us looking at somebody else and becoming not satisfied with our personality because of something else. Those people that are introverted, that really think things through and they're quieter, oftentimes somebody who's more extroverted, outgoing, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the limbo under a big pen. I mean, that kind of stuff. They would look at you and they might say, well, you need to come out of your shell more. You need to do this. But in their brain, what they're saying is, you know what? I wish I could think things through, things through like that person. I wish I had the depth of that, etc. You're looking at them saying, oh, man, you know what? I wish I could do the limbo under a big pen. And what you're doing is you, both of you are, are comparing yourself to each other. Rather than enjoying the differences, you're making a big deal about the differences and, and as if you should all be the same body part. And you get in trouble when you do that. So I think if we're going to help people get out of their shells, one of the things is being comfortable with how God made you and who you are personality-wise. Not using excuses for sinning or anything else, but personality-wise, you need to know who you are and be okay with that and then help people be successful within the personality that they have. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I think it's so important that we do understand that God did create us uniquely and not to be somebody else. I think today it's so easy to look at celebrities and look at people on social media, whether it's Facebook or the people you follow or even on Twitter and or Instagram. And you think, man, if I just looked like them or if I just had the stuff they had, I could be someone cool. I could be someone that's accepted everywhere I go that, you know, it's kind of that MasterCard or whatever it is, Visa. It's, you know, that kind of mindset where, man, everybody would love me. Everybody would want to be like me. And it seems like that's kind of wrapped up in kind of who we are. And that's, unfortunately, that leads you to a life of misery because you find out rather quickly that you can't be so-and-so. You can only be yourself. And yeah. you have to, sometimes for people, they're kind of like, well, I'm not anybody special. I'm not anybody that's, you know, that unique or even that likable. Yeah. You know, it's really weird. What you just said is true. I mean, I could go and say, you know what, Dave Wager Dave Wager is not somebody that's so special that he's needed for anything. And you could look at me and go, oh, don't be so harsh on yourself. No, no, no. Listen to last week's program. Go back to hopenet360.com, get, get it, you know, listen to it. See, there's a huge difference between being needed and wanted. And if we're going to get that messed up, if we're going through our life thinking, I am needed, I am needed, I am needed, what's going to happen when you find out you're not? You've based everything on being needed. Right. The, the cool thing is being wanted. Yes. You know, my, my wife does not need me today 
She can hire somebody to cut the lawn. She can cut the lawn herself. The other day, I've always made it a manly thing, you know, to blow our lawn with a blower, you know? Yeah. So I got this backpack blower, and it's like, you know, you know, I don't think you should do this, dear wife of mine, you know? I, I think this is a manly thing. And really, I just love doing it. I love the power that comes with that thing. Sure. And so... And so I put the thing on my back and I do it. Well, this year I had a hernia and I had hernia surgery and I couldn't do it. And she said, well, I can do that. I said, well, I, I could do it. You know what? She does it now. It drives me nuts because she does my job. I, <laughs> I love doing that little power thing. And, and she, she figured out my bluff. You know, it, it's, I could do this. Now, now, here's the deal, though. She doesn't really want to do that. I do. So as soon as my hernia thing's back up to where it belongs, I'm taking that backpack back and doing my own thing with it. Yeah. Um, the deal is... I am not better because I could grab that thing. And, and she is not worse because she doesn't want to do that. Her personality is not to want to put big noisy thing on and blow things around the world. I mean, that's, that's not her personality. <laughs> I, I love it. Now, what we have to understand is that what we're on this earth to do is to look at other people and convince them that they aren't needed, but they're wanted. And that we want to make their life reach the potential that it should reach. All of a sudden, you got people around you that will stick their head out of their shell because they're convinced of that. Now, that takes time. Hmm. And first of all, you got to be convinced of that by God. If you're not convinced that God loves you, and, and but it's that, that one's the super easy one to go to because I will tell you right now, it is really easy to understand that God doesn't need Dave Wager to have the sun come up tomorrow. So I have to go to God and say, okay, God, since it, you really don't need me, I mean, I know that. You don't need me for the sun or the moon. You don't need me for the stars. You don't need me for anything. But you want me? Wow, God. You want to include me in all this really cool stuff? Why? Now, all of a sudden, I have within me the position I need to begin to get out of that shell. And it's not because I'm needed. If, if you are going through life and you are hoping and praying that someone will need you, I think you're hoping and praying to stay sick. Because I'm, I don't think that's going to happen in a realistic and, – and if it does, then what you've done is you've created people around you that are codependent on you, and that, that isn't healthy. When you first said that, that phrase that I'm not necessarily needed but I am wanted, it kind of messed with me because you kind of – I guess for me and my generation, I feel like this is kind of one of those things where, no, I am needed. You need me in your life. I mean it's not like we go around saying that, but it seems to be that – we feel that. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. Nope. I hope you jump on the tweet bag with us. Let me know. Am I nuts about that? Am I the only one that feels like in life I've allowed myself to believe that I'm needed instead of being simply wanted? Can I be okay with that? I think that's a big wrestling question that we all need to ask ourselves. And so you can jump on the tweet bag. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. Let us know. Or you can send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also, while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Subscribe to your favorite 
episodes of HopeNet Radio. Listen to them anytime. Share them with your friends. We'd love for you to do that. Jeff and Dave with you tonight on this show. This has been a deep conversation, Dave. You said something a few times. It's been a few shows since you brought it up, but talking about the difference of being needed and wanted. And that's because I'm kind of this millennial guy, I'm, I'm thinking along the mindset that I know in the back of my mind that yeah, I'm not truly needed for this world to carry on. I'm sure, you know, something would happen with my bank accounts or the job, the place that I work. They'd hire somebody else, you know, to, to kind of do the tasks that I do here. So in the back of my mind, yeah, I can understand that I'm not necessarily needed. I would hope that people want me around. But even in my own life, my own marriage, uh, the friends that I have, if you're busting my my belief of myself that in some way I'm needed in this world... Does that kind of lend the question then of asking, well, if I just decide to take my own life, I mean, does that make a difference now at this point if people don't need me? Oh, man. You know what? I'm glad you asked that because it's the opposite. The whole wonder and beauty of being wanted is the whole idea of relationships and love. You know, Jeff, if you took your own life, it would disturb me to no end because you're wanted. If I needed you, it'd be like the boss. You know, you work for somebody, boss comes to you one day and says, you know, you're not needed here. If I'm ever told that, I look at him and go, yeah, I know. So that destroys the whole thing. But the, the bottom line is, you're right. You could fire me today. I could walk out. You could go hire somebody else. Life will go on. And, and what we do is we tie our value, our human value. We tie it to a performance and we tie it to something called being needed. If you have tied your performance to be needed, here's what happens, I think, in your brain. Now, this is Dave Wager just talking, so I don't know for sure, but here's what I think what happens. Since there is no way for you to really be needed, you get frustrated, 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 and eventually you admit to yourself, really, what I'm really seeing is that I'm not needed. Hmm. And since I spent my whole life trying to be needed, whoa, I am in a state where I cannot get out of this. You've lived your whole life in this pretend or this fantasy world of believing that needed is where it's at. It's not. It's wanted. When, when God speaks of Dave Wager, while I was still a sinner, while I was helpless and hopeless, and he, that's when Jesus came, not when I could offer him anything. The whole idea of adoption. We've talked about this in past shows. It isn't that the adopted child gives anything to the adoptive parents. What they do is give them neediness, my neediness. Not, not that I'm needing, you know, that I'm needed, but my neediness, yeah. that I need somebody. Yep. You see, the quality of being needed belongs to one person, if you want to call it that, and that's God. And when we take on one of God's characteristics, you will be miserable. So God alone is needed. He's the one that makes the sun come up, go down. He's the one that created all the universe. Everything that lives, lives according to, because he put it there and because he sustains it. He's the one that's needed. Satan would love for us to put ourselves in the realm where we're needed. And and the general byproduct for being wrong on this one is that you become one who has to pretend, but you know you're pretending. You're always afraid you're going to be found out. And that puts you in a state emotionally where you're unstable. So many people who have thought about this as far as suicide or something else, those people have thought in those ways, have spent most of their lives under the burden of wanting to be needed. And they've been trying to, but deep in their heart, they know they're not. So they don't have any way to reconcile it. Well, I just tell them they're not needed and let's not reconcile it. Let's get to the point where we understand something, that you're wanted. You know where I learned this in the very tough soil of death itself, Jeff? My dad died and he was my absolute hero in life. And he was running so many different ministries. He was in charge of things. And he died suddenly of a heart attack. 
And I can remember when he died that day thinking, you know, the world should just stop. My world just stopped. Yeah. And my dad was so important in so many areas that everything should stop. It didn't. The next day, and some people may understand this, and I look back on it now and I'm embarrassed almost by saying it, but the next day I got up and when the sun came up, I was angry with God. I was talking to him and said, you know, my world has stopped. This sun came up. Things should not work anymore because my dad was so important. I was wrong, Jeff. I was wrong. I had a, a belief about something that wasn't true. And, and I was 30-some years old, so it's not like I'm a child at this point. And I remember as I was grieving through this process, that God kept speaking to my heart in a way about how, yeah, your dad wasn't needed. But, you know, my dad was a kid whose dad was an alcoholic who beat him. He was an inner-city kid. He had no advantages. He had, he had nobody in his corner. But he had started this camp. He had been a pastor at a church. He had started a school in the inner city. He had done so much in his life that he couldn't do, really. Yeah. That when I looked back on it, I began to say, oh, God, you were so generous to him and so kind. And it was almost as if God was saying, yeah, see, your dad understood that he couldn't do anything, and that's an advantage. He didn't think that, boy, his money was needed. He didn't think his family was needed because his family was falling apart. He understood that I, God, wanted him, and I wanted to include him in all the stuff that I do, and he let me. Yeah. And look what we did. Yeah. And I can remember sitting there thinking, God, I can't do anything either, but I want to be in on it. And, and ever since that time, and there aren't struggles up and down, but I've understood, God, it's not about me being needed anywhere. It's really about me getting in on what you're doing and you wanting me there, legitimately wanting me there. Those people who are thinking about suicide, I'm telling you something. What you're missing is the understanding of how much God loves you and wants you and wants to include you in his plan. And suicide isn't in his plan, so, so you're going to be outside of it. And it's not going to work well for you. It's not going to work well for others. It just doesn't turn out well that way. What we have to understand is that this thing about God wanting us is so special and everything in our culture seems to go against that and, and go against the way God made us. We need to relax and enjoy uh, like uh, enjoy God loving us. You know, that's one of the hardest things in any relationship. You know, I don't know you, Jeff, you're, you're married, you have children. One of the hardest things for some guys to do actually is allow other people to love them. So many people probably won't go live on the radio and say that and, and talk about some of the thoughts that you have of self-destruction, but that is the ultimate tactic of the enemy is getting those thoughts in your head to take that little truth that I'm not needed in this life and to isolate that statement and then make you believe things from that to say, well, then I'm not needed in this world that I should just leave or whatever. And we begin to make decisions, permanent decisions based on that real isolated thought that isn't the yep. complete picture. No, it's not that I'm not needed. It's that I'm not needed for things to continue on in this life, but I am wanted and not just for my own pleasure, my own kingdom, as it were, small K, that I'm needed as part of a bigger plan. I'm wanted in the bigger plan of life in the context of relationships and community yeah. and in the body of Christ. There's a bigger picture going on here, and we have to have a right view of that yeah. so that we guard ourselves against the attacks of the enemy, which come up in those kinds of stinking thinking. Yeah, it's like an old lawnmower, believe it or not. I cut my lawn with this ancient old lawn tractor, ancient, man. This old lawnmower I don't need. I could get a different one to do the job, hmm. and it would do a job better. 
I want it. I like it. I sit on it. It feels good. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not getting rid of your lawnmower. I'm taking care of you, man. We're going to go through this together. It, the lawnmower, every time I start, it could be going, you know what? I'm getting old and there's a lot fancier. This is not a zero turn or anything, man. This is just like not fancy at all. Yeah. And it could start feeling really bad about itself if it had feelings. The fact is, I want that lawnmower, so I'm going to use it. And that's it. God wants Dave Wager. I know there are people that can speak better than me. I know there's people that are more healthy. I, I know all that stuff. I know that I'm not needed for a lot of things. But the special thing in life is that God wants me. I know, actually, when I look at my wife, you know, it's like, man, there's so many other men that don't have narcolepsy, other physical issues. There's so many other men that probably could be so much more attractive than I am. But that's not the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is that my wife wants me. And that's the issue. And when she tells me she wants me, when I understand that she wants me, oh, my goodness. You want to talk about getting a turtle out of its shell? Just know that you're wanted by somebody outside the shell. And, and that's what my goal has to be for those that are in the shell. And that's what the people in the shell need to be looking for is those who actually want them. Those who are, are going to need you, guess what? There's going to be somewhere down the road where they have their needs met better somewhere else. That's a real shallow thing to start doing. But wanting, that's different. And that's what love really is, is putting yourself in a position where we can help others understand how wanted they are. All right. I would love to know your thoughts. Shoot us an email if you're listening tonight. Shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. Be a part of this conversation. Lots of great comments coming in. When we come back, we're going to talk about, in the second half, we're going to talk about this idea of rejecting things that we don't need to have in our lives. And how do we do that when it involves people? I think it's going to be a great conversation. So we'll see you in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Jeff, DW, your host tonight. We've been having a great conversation about rejection, how to handle rejection, and helping other people come out of their rejection shells, as it were. And uh, Dave, you've been really busting some of my bubbles in my millennial mind, talking about how we individually really are not as needed as we think we are. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have been deceived into thinking that I am the cause of this. I am the reason that this either exists or that it thrives, or I'm the answer to the world's problems. And not that we don't have a part to play in it, but I think it's been busting my my own ego. I think it maybe it's surprising to some people that I didn't know this until now. And I kind of, you kind of know this in the back of your mind, but to have somebody so boldly just say something like, you know what, Jeff, you're really not needed. You're just wanted. Yep. I mean that to me, it's like, wow, is that a, is that a good thing even? I mean, this has been a great conversation. Lots of great comments going on on Twitter right now. Jump on there. Use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the Hope Radio tweet back. And it's been fun. Some great dialogue happening there. Yeah. And of course your emails, keep them coming because we've had some great conversation tonight around this. Yeah. And, uh, so Dave, I just, I don't know. I, I think you've just been busting, not really busting my chops, but busting, uh, just some of the stinking thinking maybe that I've had for so long that few people have actually wanted to pull out this stinking thought that I have that I am needed here yeah. for this and kind of opened up some of my perspective on really what makes people successful. I guess maybe what some people that are successful know that I didn't know. Yeah, You know what, though? We have to understand there's a lot of people that don't grasp this. A lot of people in my generation, your generation that don't grasp it. We, we spent our whole life trying to be needed and we're miserable and we can't figure out why. 
is because we never are going to be needed. So we're trying to do something that's impossible. In fact, we're trying to take on God's characteristic. We said that. I mean, he's needed. We're not. Not only that, you said earlier, um, someone might go to a therapist or something and be starting to you know, think that they need this person in their life or whatever it might be. You, you know what? God is the answer, not a person. And, and, and what I need to do if I'm helping somebody is steer them to God because he's the answer, not Dave Wager and not what I think. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, I have to be careful not to put myself in a position that God alone should take. That's what Satan tries to do. And then we get miserable when we do that. Um, and there has to be a dialogue on this. The reason that you and I can have this dialogue, Jeff, is we're, we've been around now long enough together where if I said something, you're like, well, Jeff, you're not, you know, if you came and said I was feeling not needed and I looked at you and said, well, you're not, <laughs> I, I think you would give me enough dialogue space, a conversation space that, that we would figure this out. Yeah. And it's not that I'm just throwing a dart at you. I mean, you understand, okay, he didn't just say this because he wants to hurt me because I hear I am thinking I'm not needed. Yeah. No, no, much more special than that, Jeff. You know, you want it. <laughs> and and now it, now there's pause because it's like, wait a minute, what could be more special than needed? <laughs> well, first of all, honesty, th- there is no possible way anybody can be needed. There's no possible way. Why? Because only God fits that category. It, it's not that you're not wanted. It's not that certain jobs don't need to be get, get done. But, but actually, you know, the, the children of Israel, when they were wandering the desert, you know, uh, we need food. God said, yeah, I know that. No problem. I can provide that. How are you going to do that? I, don't worry about it. <laughs> Any of the miracles. Why? Yeah. Because, see, God's the only one that's needed. And the rest of us, we are, we are people in a position where we are not God. And in America today, we have a lot of miserable people because we honestly, even though we wouldn't say that we think we're God, we live as if we are. And that's going to make us miserable down the road. Because we're trying to do something we can't do, and we're trying to be somebody we're not. And, and I love the fact that the most powerful being in the universe loves me <laughs> and wants me. I love the fact that it isn't my actions that make it so that he continues to love me, but he loves me unconditionally. He wants me. He wants me to listen to him. He wants to include me in. He wants to provide for me. You think of the children of Israel when they didn't go into the promised land. What was God wanting for them? Go into this land. I want to give it to you. No, we're scared. Would you just listen to me? I'm the one that can make this happen. No, what they did is focus on their ability and whether they would be able to do it, which is like being needed. And and God is saying, you know, you can't do this. I can do it. (laughs) Well, if you're going to focus on your ability, then you're going to be disappointed. And that really happens to us all the time, I think. I think we're people that that get so um, eclipsed in, in, by ourselves and what we can do that we start to talk about things. And it's not hard. Like athletes will talk about how important they are and that kind of thing. You know, the NFL seems to be a rather important thing in our country. Mm-hmm. Were you around at all, Jeff, when the NFL went on strike last? Uh, you remember that? I don't. If you were, you were a little child. So Yeah, I don't um, remember. The, I remember when the NBA had the lockout, but that seems like yeah. every other year. Well, I want to tell you something. When the NFL went on strike, life went on. We all ate hamburgers. We all did our thing. I mean, yeah. life went on. I know there was a threat of it recently. Yeah, and you know, here's what was really interesting. Before you know it, you know, the NFL players are going, well, we're not going to you know, play until we get what we want. And the owners yep. go, we're not going to give in. Well, before you know it, they realize that life was going on. You know what I mean? It's right. like whether you ever play football or not again, I'm still going to grill a burger. Yep. You know, I mean, I may not tailgate at the, the stadium, but I'm going to do it in my backyard. 
I may not get together with friends now going to a game, but I'm going to do it and we're going to play horseshoes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the NFL people, I think, started to realize the owners were thinking, wait, the world didn't stop. And the <laughs> players were thinking, the world didn't stop. Yeah. No. And guess what? It's not going to. Why? Because the NFL is not needed. That's why. You know what, though? If they play, I'll watch them and I'll go. I, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go see the game. I'd like to, that kind of thing. Yeah. But they're not needed. And all of us come into this really strange reality one day. When I was younger, there were so many sports athletes. I got Barry Sanders, who was like the best running back maybe ever. One day he just said, I'm done. And yeah. I thought, oh, the whole world's going to fold up. Now they kept playing like Detroit. They, I mean, they didn't win anyway, and they haven't. But they, they, <laughs> they kept playing. And it's like, okay, he's not here. We'll just put the next guy in. Well, wait a minute. What about, what about, what about, what about? Right. He's not needed. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the the old sayings that football coaches have is you play with the people who are on the field. And and what that simply means is, let's say somebody gets hurt. Let's say Aaron Rodgers for the Packers gets hurt. And I, and I hope he never does, but let's say he did. We could spend forever going, oh, poor us. Or you take the next guy and you put him in line and you let him play. And you play with who is there. And what's interesting is that, man, that's a tough thing to learn in sports, too. I just got taken out. A guy got put in. He's playing. And it's like they're all cheering for him. And I'm like nobody anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? You inflated your own ego. That's the problem. You know, you're acting as if you're the only person in the world who can do something. And the end result for that's pretty hard. So yeah. as we talk about this needed wanted thing, as we talk about where it comes from, a lot of it is just adjusting our life to a correct worldview. There is a worldview that, that includes God, who's a creator and sustainer of all things. And we need to understand that, and we're not him. And then we need to understand that this God loves us very much and that he wants us in on the things he does, and we need to just listen to him and let him be our our father. And when we do that, all kinds of other stuff goes away as far as problems and thinking. Dave, there's a lot of discussion about millennials these days and the way they think and the way that they're responding to different situations. You know, we have the largest work group right now made up of millennials. This is a big demographic in our society. And what they think is important, I think it's so, so critical we understand this. I also think we're also at a pretty interesting junction in history. We're now seeing things happen in our culture, things that we would have thought would never be even on the table to talk about legalization of different things and and saying that these things are morally right. Now, how you say that is up for discussion if you think that legislation dictates morality. I think morality, though, has become in some ways more subjected. What is right, what is wrong, has moved towards instead of an, an absolute kind of a truth, it's moved to more of a relative kind of a worldview and that it's more of in my mind and that I think part of it is this thinking that I'm needed, so I kind of dictate what is needed in my life and what's not. And so I kind of want to talk about this in that frame of rejection and talk about this as we continue in the show. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Visit hopenet360.com slash podcast. Make sure to leave a five-star review. Just take 30 seconds, if you would, and leave us a review. Let you let us know what you like about the show and to just take some time and let people know about the show. That would be awesome. So leave us a review on the podcast if you would do that. If you need some help, there's some instructions at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Yeah. 
have any written up ahead of time so they can just copy and paste? Yeah, I do. There, it's right there. It it, links and everything. Those are valuable reviews. The most valuable, yeah, are those you copy and paste. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Great tips. It's our pretend world that we live in. <laughs> we need these reviews. We'll even write them up for you. Yeah. You know, I've actually seen some reviews where people didn't like an app or they didn't like a podcast. And they left five-star reviews saying how terrible it was. It was great. That works. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway. We're funny people. We're funny. We are funny people. And you know what? Yep. If you leave us a one-star review, I promise you after this show, we're really working on our rejection factor and how much we're actually personalizing things. So uh, I go. kid, but you know what? This rejection thing, this whole people pleasing thing, uh, we get sometimes wrapped up in people's acceptance of us, thinking that that is what creates our identity. Today, Dave, we really like to throw around these words, inclusion and tolerance. These are kind of big words. I know they've been around for a while. They've kind of been thrown in different circles and different people that, oh, we need to be a little bit more tolerant. We need to be more understanding of people, where they're coming from. We need to work at being more inclusive because we've been an exclusive kind of a group. And so we're trying to work at these different things. But I'm seeing today, and I know I've had some conversations with other young adults, millennials my age, and even guys like you, Dave, where we've talked about some of the things that are a little bit concerning, that there are things that we see have the appearance of evil, and it bugs us. And in a way where it's evil, but it's being tolerated as it's not that bad. You know, it's it's not all – I'm not talking about these common church discussions about alcohol or smoking or right. swearing or any of those sorts of things, but they could fit in this picture as well. But I'm looking at, you know, if there's ever a time when tolerance or inclusion, this whole thinking would ever run out where it would conflict with our deeply held beliefs and what the Bible talks about. Way to wade into some deep water here. Let me let me first say that I think one of the things we have to be careful about is the fact that so many terms are being used that we don't really know what they mean. In fact, uh, many terms have had redefining or reframing uh, work done to them so that they mean something totally different. Uh, and the other thing is we've tried to make things that are really kind of normal, not normal. For example, inclusion and exclusion. In life, there will always be that, and it's not necessarily bad. For example, you and I are males, and uh, we are married to females, and you and I uh, will never give birth to children. So we will never be in that club of people who have given birth to a child, breastfed a child. We're we're never going to be in that club. So we're kind of excluded from that club. Well, that's just the way it is. This isn't evil. It's just the way it is. To pretend that we want everything the same would be really silly because it's not the same. And there's no way to make it the same. So if I'm going to try and make something the same that, that really can't be the same, well, then I'm beating my head on a rock and hoping my head doesn't hurt. You know, I mean, that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, likewise, with, with tolerance. Tolerance has become more used in the term of uh, acceptance of behavior that's not something that is acceptable. And, and I would make a statement for people that, that God is very patient, but he's not tolerant. And he's never been tolerant. Because, you know, you can't be tolerant and love somebody. You can't be tolerant if you really love. If you knew right now that um, one of your children would uh, eat something that was poisonous, it would kill them, and you saw them going for it, and you would think, well, go ahead. You have to make your own choices. Would that be acceptable at all? Definitely not. No, it wouldn't be. Not to you. I mean, you're watching your son. He's he's going to get something to put in his mouth that you know would kill him. Yeah. Would your attitude be, you know, well, it's your choices, and you're just going to have to live with whatever. No, no. So you're very, you're not tolerant. Not in that case. No. 
However, here, here's the deal. Patience is totally different than tolerance. If in a young child, what you understand is that they're immature, they don't understand things, and that one day they should make the right decisions. They're not there yet, so you're patient. But the minute you became somebody who said, go ahead and eat that you know, cyanide if you want, that's tolerance. Hmm. There is no room for tolerance, really, because it destroys people. It destroys the concept of love. It destroys the concept of being wanted. And and so a generation that is saying, I want to be tolerant, is pretty much saying I'm a generation that does not want to love. I, I don't want to care for people. I don't want to really know what's right and wrong. I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that all the lines are blurry and that I can't really help somebody. That That's what tolerance is. Yeah. Now, the, the difference, obviously, is patience means that um, I am convinced that you're just human like I am and that we're on a journey to become what we should become. And so since we're still working at it, let's be patient. Uh, the other thing we, I think we have to be careful of is, is not to tie people to decisions all the time. In the Bible, I'll give you, it's easy. When Stephen uh, was talking to the people and he said, boy, you're wrong and that kind of thing, they decided that if they killed Stephen, that possibly everything would work out just fine. Mm. Well, when you kill Stephen, you didn't go after the, the argument. You went after Stephen, and killing a person does not change the argument. For those who are new, what's what's the story of Stephen? Well, Stephen was in, in Acts, I think it's chapter 7, I think it's in there, when he was given an assignment to go to the people and say, look, you're not listening to God. Let me tell you the history of how you didn't listen to God. And basically, they were all religious people, so they were all nodding their heads with him, like, yeah, he's right on everything he's saying. But then he said, and you are the people I'm talking about. Whoa. Then it got ugly. And what happened is they picked up stones, and they threw stones and killed him. They did that to Jesus. We don't like what Jesus is doing, so let's kill him. Yeah, that really worked at stopping the ideology of Jesus. No, it yeah. didn't. You know, So we tend to do that. We tend to mistakenly go after people when we need to go after dialogue, conversations, and, and talk to them. Now, there are some people that are very dangerous to, to have around, and, and I think you know, I, I might have a, a, a young mother come to me and say, my husband is beating me or, or, or violent to the children or whatever. How much should I be tolerant of this? And I said, well, you need to be patient, but if there's no sign of anything being done, you need to get out of the house. You really need to leave at this point. Yeah. I'm not saying divorce at this point. I'm saying protect yourself, protect your children. And what we need to do is see that he is willing to work on this. Otherwise, you could sit there and say, well, it's just the way he is. No, now you're being tolerant of something that's evil. And that's not how we fix things. We're patient. Patience is different than tolerance. Patience, again, will demand that there's some movement, will demand that, that there's hope for change. Yeah. And that's what we really work on. And so I, th I think in the words you used, you know, the tolerance, patience, inclusive, exclusive, I think what we have to really understand is that, that you know, a lot of times we're messed up on those just thinking gen in general terms like love uh, means that we just accept everybody the way they are. Yeah. Well, if somebody's out there beating on somebody and hurting them and raping them and doing different things, we don't accept that. Right. But what we do hope for is that the person will be, we're not punitive. That means we don't want to punish people. We want to restore people to the way they could be. And if anyone's listening tonight and, and they have not been restored, in other words, you're not in God's family, you, you need to enter God's family in order to be restored and live the life that you were meant to be. God wants you, but he doesn't force himself on you. Not right now. After you die, you'll have no choices. But but while you're alive, and, and I would encourage you to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach. Because you need to be in God's family. You need to experience the restoring acts of Jesus Christ. And they're available to you. And we invite you to, to join the family and to begin to work on the idea of God's patience. Uh, because he's not tolerant. Your sin won't be tolerated. It's, there's some point where he says that's it. 
But, but he is patient. So those that are in his family that want to work on it, good for you. And, and likewise, he does want to include you. That's the part of being wanted. However, if you choose to continue to hurt, then he will exclude you. See, that that's not what he wants to do, but he will. Yeah. That's your choice right now. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about hating what is evil and clinging to what's good. And I think that's so important as we're talking about rejection. The things that we reject should be along the lines of what is truly righteous, what's truly good, versus what things are just apparent, that are just, they're terrible, they're evil, and that we should not tolerate. And some of that does include people who are just purely evil. Yep. There are people in our world today that do exist. And yes, our mission should not be to simply just destroy those who are evil, but it should be the gospel in the way that this is lived out, that we need to work at the restoration process. That can be difficult in itself, but bringing people out of their shell, a lot of people who do things, do evil things, or are wrapped up in that kind of lifestyles, they're dealing with rejection in some way. And they have not fully understood that there is a God who wants them and to be a part of his family and that he wants a relationship in that. So this is a much deeper conversation, but it's still important because we want to help you guys to be those who help bring other people out of their shell. And we want to wrap up this conversation when we come back. Again, chat with a live coach anytime at hopenet360.com. If you have any comments or ideas to share with us, get on the tweet back right now. Just use the hashtag HNRTV or shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. It's so good to have you on the show with us, Dave. It's been a great conversation tonight. And, of course, we're looking forward to the fall. I know we're going to get back into things. You know, even though it's August, I know it's just around the corner. That fall season, it tends to be crazy. We're looking forward to getting back into a rhythm, having our special guest back on the show again very soon. Jason, I'm sure oh, yeah. he's itching to get back. I just talked to him last week. He's itching to get back on the show. And lots of different guests. We've had a great summer, and I'm looking forward to kicking back into gear with some great shows coming up this fall. Well, actually, crazy, but we're going to actually have our 100th show this fall. I'm excited for that, Dave. Wow. 100. 100. That's amazing. It is. And we should have anyone that's listened to all 100 of them uh, email you and you can send them um, uh, something. I don't know. What, what can I send them for listening to 100 shows? That's that's impressive. A picture of yourself. <laughs> a selfie with a selfie stick, right? A, a selfie. It's taken from a selfie <laughs> stick eating a peep. Eating. No, that's terrible. That'd be an awful. Yeah, I know. Well, it it, it is something. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say send them anything great. I just said send them something. You did say him send him something. So yes. I guess if you want to free something from us, there you go. And then you've listened to all 99 episodes before 100 of the show, you can shoot me an email at hope at hopenet360.com. That's right. You can send me something and I'll send you advice. <laughs> very good. Very good. Anyway, Dave, we've worked ourselves, I think, into a little bit of a hole. We've had a great conversation tonight about rejection and we kind of moved into talking about how do we grapple with people in our life that in some ways are difficult to love. Maybe they're people. People that love to do things that are not good. They're just not good yeah. things. Do we do we include those people in our life? Do we also have to set boundaries for people? I know that's really uncomfortable to talk about. It almost seems like we're willingly rejecting certain people when we want to be viewed. I think some of us struggle with being viewed as people pleasers 
or people that just are very good at tolerating or loving or accepting or including people. Uh, I think that's a hard, kind of a hard question to chew on. I'm not sure we can summarize this well tonight, but it's a question a lot of people have. How do we know where to draw that line? Is it okay to draw that line, Dave? Yes, it is. And it's important if you love people that you don't enable them to stay in a way that's destructive to themselves or to other people. And it's really important that you guard the innocent in life. Because too many innocent people have been destroyed because people are saying, well, I can't do anything about this. Yes, you can. You can step in and, and take over certain situations. When you look at what needs to be done in life, you realize that there are some people that their very presence causes the innocent around them to not even have the opportunity to develop like they should. Those are the most dangerous people. The Bible calls the pastors of churches, calls them shepherds. And a shepherd is always looking out for the needs of the sheep. Because the sheep can't take care of themselves. Yeah. And we should be always looking out for those around us. And if, if there's a wolf that's going to come to kill a sheep, I need to keep the wolf away from the sheep, no matter what it takes, if I love the sheep. It's not that I don't love the wolf. Actually, I probably don't. I sure wish I could transform the wolf into being a nice wolf. But a wolf is going to act like a wolf. And in order for the sheep to ever grow and experience life, I need to keep the two separate. And, and that's not evil. That's good for the sheep. Hmm. And likewise, that would be for a lion or it would be for some other animal. I need to be able to decide, is this something that, that can be with the sheep and still allow the sheep to grow and develop? Now, as I use the term shepherd in that context, everybody understands what I mean and that's acceptable to them. But it's no different with people. I tell you right now, it would have been better if somebody had... And this is a struggle that Dietrich Bonhoeffer had in, her, in Germany. It would have been better if somehow Hitler was taken out before he did all the damage. Mm -hmm. you know, and you might say, boy, that's so harsh. Well, we can have 2020 eyesight looking backwards. And we can see what an evil person did that was allowed to stay in a position of power and authority. This wasn't a good thing. And we need to understand that distancing ourselves from those who seem to really work at keeping us needy and don't want us, using us for others around us for their benefit. Those are the people that really are the most dangerous. You want to stay away from them. And if you can't do that yourself, then hopefully somebody around you is strong enough to recognize it and keep you from those people. Nobody can just walk into a school today if they want and influence people. We need to know who they are. No one should just walk into your home. That's why television is so dangerous in many ways. We have, we have things and people and concepts coming right into our living rooms. And, and they're dangerous, and we're not, we're not understanding that we need to limit that access because they're actually very dangerous to the people that are watching it. So, and maybe we have to have a whole program on that, Jeff, on how we discern those kinds of things and, and broaden it out a little bit. But um, I do think that is, it, it is important that we reject ideas first, and if people would insist on embracing those ideas and imposing them on others, then we need to reject those people along with the ideas until we see that there's a change in their life. Yeah. I like how you said that because, again, the end result, it's not even up to us to change people. I think we will spend a lot of time changing ourselves to line up and match up with what people's expectations are of us. And we'll also spend time pointing out flaws and pointing out things that people need to change and trying to fix them ourselves under our own power. And really, that's only something that God can do in us because, again, God is the only one that can change our hearts. And when we say that, what we're meaning is God is the only one that can change our decision-making process. It, it, it enables us to change our minds, some of the stinking thinking that's going on there. And again, you and I can be vessels of that. Dave, you've had some conversations with a lot of people through the years. Some of those people have needed to be changed inside. And there were some things that 
in some ways you could help them with, in other ways you couldn't help them with. And so you had to either let them go or get them the help they needed, help them to find the right person to plug into. But in some way, as Christians, we should be ones, people that are reaching out, not just looking for ourselves to be accepted or to be welcomed or to be needed, but that to know that we are wanted and that we need to be those vessels that go out and help other people to figure out that you are wanted as well. I think that's so, so important. We need more people that are willing to do that, to look outside of themselves, to stop looking at themselves to be pretty enough or good enough or strong enough or fast enough or smart enough and just be who they are and to begin to reach out to find people that are stuck in their shells, stuck in thinking that they're just a reject, they're not good enough, they're not this, not that, that they need to also enable them to come out of their shell and and to really grow into that person that God has created them to be. I think that is probably the thrust of our show tonight. And that includes some hard decisions sometimes saying no to certain people who want to be in our life or think they need to be in our life in some way because they are making choices and deciding to do things that go contrary to how they were created and uh, contrary to what God's plan is. But with the hope, though, that they'll be restored, that they'll see the parts in their life that they feel are incomplete, they're trying to fill in different ways, they would find the help and the appropriate way of seeing that resolved so that they can be back with the group, that they can grow and thrive in this world. Yeah, you know, we, we, it's really a lot simpler than we make it. When you make it too complicated, it, it gets to where there's all kinds of loopholes and all kinds of stuff you work on. The truth of the matter is, there's a God, I'm not him. And, and what I need to do is understand he doesn't need me, he wants me. And enjoy the fact that he wants me. I, I get to enjoy God. I get to enjoy his love. That's what I need to do in order to be successful. And And that's something I can do. He hasn't asked me to do anything I can't. And if I don't do that, if I keep trying to be needed in this world and with God, I end up being quite miserable. And the back part of my brain says, this isn't a a true lifestyle. And before you know it, I'm depressed. I could do harsh things to myself because I'm thinking, well, it doesn't matter anyway. You know what? It does matter if I hurt myself. It matters to those who want me. It matters to to God. And you might say nobody wants me. That's a lie. It's from the pit of hell. (laughs) God God wants you. And, And those who love God, truly do want you and they want to see you as part of the body of Christ. So that's just a lie. If you want to believe it, you're going to, you're going to have all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And that's so, so important to grasp. And I hope tonight you'll go on and share this show with your friends. Again, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. This has been a fantastic show. At least I think it's been one of those where it's challenged me to think a little bit outside of my own self and my own experience and to kind of challenge the way that I've seen myself in this world. And I hope the same is for you. I hope from this show tonight, we've encouraged you to have some meaningful conversations this week. Go and grab a friend. Talk about this. Talk Talk about feeling rejected or times in your life where you felt like a just someone who's been left out in life. I'm sure that you're not the only person, you're not the first person that's ever felt that way, and you definitely will not be the last person. But do whatever you can to help other people to come out of their rejection shells, as it were, and to live and to thrive in the way that God created for them. If you need to, anytime you need to, you can chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. They're there around the clock to encourage you to listen to what's going on in your life and maybe to challenge some of those thoughts that you have that have been kind of hanging things up for you recently. That's HopeNet360.com. Just click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. For Dave, I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the show. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. 